Hey, you ever needed something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, or refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. You got to see your local store for details. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that sport dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code MEATEATER. So go to www.sportdog.com slash MEATEATER to learn more. For hunters who are seeking the ultimate edge, Quiet Cat's Apex Pro is the answer. Its unparalleled performance and stealth are designed to enhance any hunt. Quiet Cat is more than an e-bike, though. It's a revolution in how you approach the wilderness, ensuring you can go further and hunt smarter. Save 10% on the Apex Pro and elevate your pursuits when you use code MEATEATER at QuietCat.com. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by eight special guests, which also happen to be eight people who have never played Meat Eater Trivia before. Well, I'm sorry, seven people, plus we have Clay Newcomb, who uh, has not only played, but he's won. That's right. Now, this episode is being recorded at the First Light Hootenanny in the First Light flagship store. So in honor of being here, I've grabbed eight of my favorite First Light ambassadors to test them in a game of Meat Eater Trivia. Joining me is Sam Soholt, Thomas Crick, Ben Dedamani, Lydia Smith, Tony Peterson, Clay Hayes, Jess Johnson, and Clay Newcomb. Now, we're going to do this since most of you folks are new to the Meat Eater podcast. We're going to go around the room and have you introduce yourself, give a little elevator pitch about what you do. I'm uh, Thomas Crick. I run Identical Draw with my brother Nate uh, out of Nebraska. We're an outdoor media company, so you can find us on YouTube at Identical Draw. His brother looks just like him. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm Jess Johnson. I'm the Government Affairs Director for the Wyoming Wildlife Federation. I'm the one hunting and angling lobbyist in the state of Wyoming. Um, I'm down in Lander, Wyoming. Hunt all over the West, and I'm one of the Artemis Sportswomen co-founders. Mm. Uh, my name is Ben Dedamonte, otherwise known as Shed Crazy, and uh, I like to pick up horns and party. That's about all I do. You can find me, <laughs> <laughs> find me on YouTube, Instagram under Shed Crazy. I like to have a good time. My name is Tony Peterson, and I am a full-time meat eater employee now who I think most of my job besides writing articles and filming some stuff is to keep the lights on for Mark Kenyon so he can go fish every single day of his life <laughs> and post pictures of cutthroat trout on Instagram. I think that's my main gig. <laughs> uh, I'm Sam Soholt. I am a photographer, videographer in the hunting industry, as well as the co-owner of Public Land Tees. And uh, anybody listening might know me better as a guy who drove a bus around for a couple of years talking about conservation. Mm. 
I'm Lydia Smith, and I'm a full-time wildlife artist as well as a hunting guide in the fall. Um, I'm really passionate about archery elk hunting, and kind of that's where I uh, take my passion mostly. Clay Newcomb. I'm a coon hunter. That's all I do. Uh, Clay Hayes. I'm primarily a YouTube content creator uh, focusing on traditional archery, traditional bow hunting, and I also happen to win season eight of Alone. Right on. Yeah, a better way to uh, sum up these eight folks is that they're some of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. So you should go give them a follow because it's uh, some of the best hunting content you'll find on that app. Now, Clay Newcomb, you've played trivia before. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, advice to these seven newcomers? You know, I think, man, I really hope Steve and Brody don't listen to this, but the best news that all of us have is Steve and Brody aren't here because um, they're really good. So... Uh, my best advice to you is go with your gut. Usually that first instinct is right. And then try to be as obscure as you possibly can with spelling and specificity. And usually with a little bit of social tact, you can get Spencer <laughs> to accept the answer and maybe, you know, cover yourself in a mistake that was, you know, you didn't really know, but you kind of just were like, uh, Spot Staganov, you know, and be like, <laughs> that's that's a good read on the game. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> that's my advice. Now, if you're not familiar, this is a ten round quiz show with questions from Meat Eaters for Verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there's a prize. Meat Eater will donate five hundred dollars to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. Now, in a previous game of trivia, we have some uh, housekeeping to get to. We talked about how to find the star Polaris, which is also known as the North Star. So here's the answer to that question. The North Star is the last star in the handle of the Little Dipper. Or you can find the Pointer Stars, which are the outer two stars in the bowl of the Big Dipper. These two stars are called the Pointers because they point at the star Polaris. Hmm. So now you know how to find that. Hey, Spencer, do you think, like, who's who in this room is like the 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 candidate that you think the dark horse candidate who do you think is going to win i think clay newcomb well not aside from me <laughs> like that's a given that's a given mm. i think uh, i think this corner over here the the tony peterson and the old uh, guys yeah are they the old oh, guys ouch. okay ouch. Isn't, isn't steve's rule that like the oldest guy yeah the best this, you just got more wisdom so uh tony peterson i think would would that's be who, that's who i was that's a lot of pressure no man. disrespect to anyone else <laughs> Jess is probably pretty tough. Also on a previous game of trivia, we had a question about what fish produces Smurf meat. The answer was lingcod, but a few folks wrote in to let me know that cabazone and greenling also sometimes have blue flesh. The question, though, was specific to the nickname Smurf meat, which is almost exclusively used to describe lingcod. Now, I understand why there'd be some confusion. And if you did say the cabazone or the greenling, I would accept those answers. But no one in our show did, so it didn't change the outcome of the game. With mm. that, we are on to Meat Eater Trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Game on, suckers! Question one. The topic is woodsmanship, and this will be multiple choice. This first great question comes to us from John Schlesinger. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. According to Utah State University, 
What type of firewood burns the hottest? Is it box elder, mulberry, osage orange, or white ash? Again, according to Utah State University, what type of firewood burns the hottest? Is it box elder, mulberry, osage orange, or white ash? We had some uh, quick mm. answers in the room from... Uh, That's a good question. Crick and Clay Hayes. Clay, you were writing before I even gave the choices. you think you know this one? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Very confident. Again, your choices are box elder, mulberry, Osage orange. Hey, the the or other thing you can ash. do is you can take cues from people based on anything they say. That's why when you're in the court, they say, you know, like, <laughs> don't say a word. Don't make eye contact with people. Like, Clay just confirmed. His confidence gave His you the answer. His confidence confirmed my confidence. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Thomas saying Osage orange, Jess saying ash, Ben saying Osage orange, Tony saying Osage Orange, Sam saying Box Elder, Lydia saying Box Elder, Clay Newcomb saying Osage Orange, Clay Hay saying Osage Orange. The correct answer is Osage Orange. That's right. <laughs> yes. Room did pretty well. On the board, baby. Osage Orange burns 32.9 million BTUs per cord of wood. Unsurprisingly, it's also one of the heaviest types of wood in North America. Other woods that burn nearly as hot as Osage Orange include apple, beech, black locust, honey locust, and white oak. It also makes a fine self-bow. I've, yeah. I've had it melt like the metal thing that you put firewood on, like in your in-home fireplace. Really like, burning Osage it just Orange? Freaking like took it out. Do you yeah. think a lot of people are burning Osage orange though? No. no. <laughs> Only they don't know what it is. You know, I've got a ton of Osage orange on my property and it makes incredible fence posts. Get you through them long uh, Arkansas winters. I don't burn heat. it. I don't burn <laughs> it for 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 heat. If you're going to burn it, you need to burn it sparingly with other wood cuz it will melt your fireplace. Wow. Wow. Question 2, the topic is hunting. What 1984 video game developed by Nintendo allows players to shoot ducks, clay pigeons, and their own hunting dog? Again, what 1984 video game developed by Nintendo allows players to shoot ducks, clay pigeons, and their own hunting dog? Some quick answers in the room again. Clay Newcomb, did you have a video game system growing up? Man... <laughs> There was one in my house, but I was mm -hmm. not a video gamer. Okay. I was always the one that was mad at friends and brothers for playing all the time. Tony, this feels like it's in your wheelhouse. You know it? Yeah, I knew this one. Does everybody have an answer? <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying, Big Buck Hunter. Jeff saying, I've never played a video game in my life. <laughs> I went outside. Oh, good answer, Jeff. Ben saying, Duck Hunt. Tony saying, Duck Hunt. Sam saying, Duck Hunt. Lydia without an answer. I was going to say, Buck Hunt. But mm. I, yeah. Lydia says Buck down. Hunt. Clay Newcomb <laughs> says Duck Hunt. And uh, Clay Hayes says Duck Hunter. The correct answer is Duck Hunt. I'm not going to give yes. it to you, Clay Hayes. Oh. 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 Duck oh. Hunter is oh, not man. the same I, game. I should have went with what Clay did and just kind of did like that. At the yeah, I got, <laughs> I got a little scribble at the end of mine. I had to erase the ER. I had it on there, but I got it. Hey, that's pretty tough, Spencer. I mean, I would be voting to give it to him, but... I, d I don't well, think we're going to. I think we got to keep with Duck okay. Hunt. Right. Duck Hunt has throat. sold over 28 million copies worldwide. The game 
doesn't technically have an ending, but it does stop. If you beat level 99, you'll advance to level zero where the ducks cannot be shot and the dog laughs at you on a loop. It's described as a glitched out nightmare that will eventually cause the system to restart. Wow. Hmm. Phil the Engineer, you're our uh, gaming expert here. Did you ever get into Duck Hunt at all? Uh, that was a little before my time, but, um, you know, they've... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> More shots at Tony. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta milk it while I can. But, um, but yeah, I've played Duck Hunt before. Question three. The topic is fishing. This next great question comes to us via Anna Go Lightly. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. There are seven gar species in North America. I need you to name three of them. Again, there are seven gar species in North America. Looking for you to name three. I think this is going to be dependent on if you uh, grew up or live in gar country, which I think a good portion of our room does not. Where, where would you describe By gar country, I'd mean anything that's not the Rocky Mountains, probably. Okay. This is, this is, mm. Again, you got seven to choose from. I'm just looking for three. Only write down three. If you write down four, you're going to get it wrong. I, w I wouldn't say I grew up in gar country, but I shot a whole bunch of them on the river growing up. That's gar country. Yeah, that counts? Yep. <laughs> All right. Does anybody know that they have this right? I feel real confident okay. I do. Old man mm. Tony. I don't think I'm even the oldest one here. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> Does everybody have three answers written down? I'm nervous about my Go ahead third. and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying long nose, alligator, silver. Jess saying gar one, gar two, gar three. Ben saying alligator, blue, and needle nose. Tony saying short nose, long nose, alligator. Sam saying alligator. Lydia saying alligator and eastern. Clay Newcomb saying long nose, alligator, spotted gar. Clay Hay saying long nose, alligator, snaggletooth? What's that one say? <laughs> snuggletooth? Exactly. Snuggletooth. Snuggle okay. The seven species are alligator, long nose, short nose, spotted, Florida, tropical, and Cuban. So we had a couple people get it right. Florida. I'm so mad I didn't. Oh. <laughs> we, do we have Tony Peterson and Clay Newcomb got it? I'm going to make an argument for the snaggletooth because unless we're going with Latin names, I can pretty much make up a common name. This you, is you, a, that snaggletooth, that's a very common name in uh, Milton, Florida. Really? You hear, you hear people call him Snaggletooth Gar? Of course. What? I, I mean, I've called him. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just make up nicknames <laughs> for fish. Sure the largest can. of the seven gar species is the alligator gar, although they're now only found in the deep south in Mexico. Their historic range extends all the way into states like Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky. They've also been introduced to water bodies in California. I was at the uh, Wonders of Wildlife Museum in Springfield, Missouri, a couple weeks ago, and they have this like world-class aquarium system that you walk through and you're like in the water it feels like but and they have an alligator gar that's i mean i bet it's six foot long and you know 10 inch 10 inches diameter i mean just they're incredible animals dinosaurs yeah i would love for those yeah. things to live in like indiana again alligator yeah. gar yeah It'd be fun question for the topic is foraging what commonly foraged plant was declared the king of vegetables by king louis the 14th Again, what commonly foraged plant 
was declared the King of Vegetables by King Louis XIV. Nobody knew this one, it appears, so everyone's just going to be taking an educated guess. Gang, King Louis XIV declared vegetable. this commonly foraged plant the King of Vegetables. As per usual, a straight guess. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody confident they got this one? No. Mm-mm. We good? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Thomas saying asparagus. Jess saying asparagus. Ben saying mushrooms. Tony saying asparagus. Sam Soholt saying wild onion. Lydia saying radish. Clay Newcomb saying uh, mushrooms. Clay Hayes without an answer. The Wait, correct is that a, answer. A vegetable? A mushroom? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably. I don't we don't, know, we don't know what King Louis knew. Probably the correct answer is asparagus. Ooh, wow. Good job, oh, Jess. Got it. Wow. Stinky peas. The French brought the first asparagus to America sometime around the 1650s. It escaped cultivation here sometime in the early 1800s and became commercially grown in the 1860s. Hmm. King Louis loved that stuff. There's even a, a rumor that he had an asparagus fleet that he would send out like around Europe to just find him asparagus. Wow. That's how much he liked it. The king of vegetables. Clay, you got any asparagus growing at home? Well, yeah, we do. Misty grows asparagus. Mm. She does. It's a quirky little plant, but it's good. We just pick it off uh, up off the side of the road where I live. Really? It yeah. grows wild. Yeah. Borrow ditches in Wyoming yeah. have asparagus. Wow. Yeah. Some hot tips here for foraging. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the fastest. That's what got me. I didn't realize that it could be foraged, oh. wildly foraged. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. This is news yep. to me. Where do you think it came from? I don't know, man. Grocery where does store. everything come from? Grocery store. Yeah. Wild. What is the base of an asparagus <laughs> called where it grows out of? Is that a crown? A crown. Is that why? Oh. It's called a crown? Mm. I oh, doubt no. it, but I like it. <laughs> All right. Quarterly. We're on to question five. We will get a scoreboard update from Phil after this. The topic is gear. What do you call the measurement that's taken between a bowstring and the deepest part of the grip? Again, what do you call the measurement that's taken between a bowstring and the deepest part of the grip. A few folks knew this one right off the bat. Still have some people thinking. Again, it's the measurement that's taken between a bowstring and the deepest part of the grip. The clays look like they know it. Both of you? I looked at his. (laughs) (laughs) Arkansas the answer right off him. (laughs) Tony Peterson knew it. Ben looks like he knew it. I'm second guessing big time now. Does everybody have an answer? I just drew something. (laughs) Drop bow. Might work. (laughs) Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Thomas without an answer. Jess saying draw length. Ben saying brace height. Tony saying brace height. Sam saying brace height. Lydia without an answer. Diagram. And the Clays (laughs) saying brace height. They got it. The answer is brace height. So my argument here is... Is that not also at full draw a measurement from bowstring to middle? No. Oh. No. No. That's what I second guessed on when yeah. I heard the question reread, but in general See, this is where if you were Steve or Brody, you'd throw a fit. <laughs> no, hold on a minute. <laughs> you'd throw a fit and throw Spencer's good. Though. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't usually bend any. In general, the shorter the brace height, the faster the bow and the less forgiving it is. But the longer the brace height, the slower the bow and the more forgiving it is. Most longbows and recurves have a brace height around 8 inches, while most flagship compounds are typically closer to 6. Mm-hmm. 
We are halfway through the game of trivia. Phil the Engineer, give us a scoreboard update. Will do. Uh, yet to make an appearance on the board. Zero points. We have Lydia. Uh, with one point, Jess. With two points apiece, we have Clay H., Sam, and Thomas. And then Ben has three points. Clay Newcomb has four points. And in first place, I'm not going to call him old man because he seems <laughs> wow. scary. We have Tony Peterson with five. Pitching a perfect game, Tony. Wow. wow. The pressure's on. Well done. Now, how certain are you of that score? <laughs> I thought me and Tony were tied. You got asparagus and I didn't, but yeah. you missed one that I got. Nope. Do you take bribes? <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Okay. okay. He doesn't miss. Okay. <laughs> Not like Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't yeah. help it. Hey, everybody. I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who over recent months I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it. It is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, watch that video. And in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, they're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people, 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. On X Hunt is always striving to help make hunters more successful in the field each season. This hunting season, they will have a bunch of new features to help you on your next hunt. These features include new aerial imagery options like leaf off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic look back, and imagery on demand. On top of that, OnX is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in Dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates OnX has for this hunting season. Try OnX Hunt free for seven days or go to onxmaps.com slash hunt and use code MEATEATER for 20% off your new OnX Hunt membership. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the app I use most. I love it. I cannot picture life without it. Use code MEATEATER for 20% off on your new OnX Hunt membership. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. 
They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Question six, the topic is turkeys. This next great question comes to us via Jacob Collins. If you have a question you think is right for meat eater trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Michael Vick is this college's most famous alumni whose mascot is a male turkey. Michael Vick is this college's most famous alumni whose mascot is a male turkey. Famous or infamous? Either one. <laughs> Both apply. Nobody knew this one right off the bat. Again, we're looking for where Michael Vick went to college because their mascot is a male turkey. I don't even know who Michael Vick is. I don't even. <laughs> That's not going to help you very much then. I do and I still don't have it. So. Yeah. Did you get a hint? That is their hint. <laughs> a male turkey. A male turkey. It must be an obscure college. Yeah. What region of the country is it in? The Strutters. Not giving any hints. <laughs> Their mascot, though, is a male turkey. Clay, you know any colleges? I mean, I'm I'm trying to even just guess. Uh, I don't even have an educated guess. Does everybody have an answer who's going to come up with one? This might break the perfect game. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Thomas saying Scranton. Jess without an answer. Ben saying West Virginia. Tony saying Auburn. Sam saying, what's that say? Cloaca University. Cloaca University. <laughs> Lydia without an answer and the Clays without an answer. That was a rough one. The answer is Virginia Tech. Ooh, I was close. I was in the wrong Virginia. Virginia Tech's current mascot is the Hokie, but they used to be known as the Gobblers. In the early 1900s, the university actually had a live Tom Turkey as its mascot. It was trained to gobble on command, and it once got in a fight with another team's bulldog. <laughs> What's wow. the command that makes it goggle? Like a know. car door slamming or something? Probably like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A hen, hen probably. clawed <laughs> command, yeah. Trained, best trained turkey. Barred out. <laughs> yep. So now, now they're the Hokies, but their mascot that they have on the sidelines is still a big male turkey. Question seven, the topic is public lands. America's largest Native American reservation consists of 16 million acres that are spread across Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. What is it? Again, the topic is public lands. America's largest Native American reservation consists of 16 million acres that are spread across Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. What is it? Is this going to get you on the board, Jess? Get a quick answer, it seemed like. It's a quick guess. Okay. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying Cherokee, Jess saying Navajo, Ben saying Navajo, Tony saying Apache, Sam without an answer, Lydia, Lydia saying Navajo, 
Newcomb saying Navajo Nation, and Hayes saying Navajo. The correct answer is the Navajo Nation Reservation. If you just said Navajo, I'll give it to you. Yes. Damn. So the room did pretty well. We're tied. Okay. Let's look at Phil. We all hey, know so Clay. When I, so the last multiple many years we've been at these, my son plays basketball. And the biggest pet peeve of my life is like peewee basketball scorekeepers. Like I watch them more <laughs> I than I watch the game. Because they get it wrong. I mean, it's like, we just scored three points and you gave it to the other team. Like, I am untrustworthy of scorekeepers. Like, I, I watch NBA games uh-huh. and I'm like watching, the, I, they like score and I'm like watching the TV and like, they didn't give them the point and then bang, it pops up like, well, okay, they did now. What, what does this have to do with the... I'm <laughs> tied with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am Making tied it with you. Now, the Navajo Nation is four times larger than the next biggest reservation. Its total acreage is even bigger than 10 U.S. states. And unlike most reservations, it's actually grown significantly over the last 150 years. Question 8, we'll get another scoreboard update after this. The topic is cooking. The five basic tastes of food are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and blank. Again, the five basic tastes of food are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and blank. Looking for the fifth basic taste. Can you read those again? Why is this so confusing? I thought you would know this one, Ben. (laughs) Here are four of the five basic tastes. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter. So I'm looking for the fifth one. Quick answers. Some non-answers so far. I'm second-guessing mine now. Me too. <laughs> I was real confident for about two seconds. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying umami. Jess saying acid. Ben saying bland. Tony saying spicy. <laughs> Sam saying spicy. Lydia saying savory. Newcomb saying savory. And Hayes saying, what's that say? Good. 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 <laughs> Good. The correct answer is savory or umami. Catching up, guys. That is either savory. one. I'm, I'm going to contest my own yeah. thing here. What flavor is savory? Well, here it is. Foods that are said to have a savory or umami flavor include seafood, red meat, aged cheese, mm-hmm. seaweed, soy food, mushrooms, tomatoes, kimchi, and green tea. But in a 2017 TED Talk, Dr. Nicole Garnow argued that there could actually be a sixth basic flavor, which would be fat. So savory or umami is things like mushrooms, Clay. Where would spicy fit in? I thought that was a good answer, Tony. I did too. I mean, it's it's kind of cool that I'm ahead of you now. Now that you're winning your (laughs) (laughs) bodies again. That's what's so complimentary. Steve Ranella, if he's... If he's winning, he's really courteous to people. Like, very good. <laughs> but when yeah. you think about it, I actually too, think I know this one. It's that spicy of, isn't a flavor. It's, it's a pain sensation. A lot uh-huh. of things can be sweet and spicy or savory and spicy. Yeah. So I don't think spicy is more of a type of uh, whatever you That's call really that. That's a really dumb answer, Tony. <laughs> nobody asked. <laughs> hey, hey, Lydia, nobody asked you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. You know, I'm catching up, though. So, so the I'm five not last place are, anymore. are sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and savory or umami. Phil, give us a scoreboard update. We have two questions left. That's right. Everyone's on the board now, which is great. Congratulations. But there are only three players left in the game. We have Ben with four points. Tony Peterson with five. And in first place, as he just reminded us, Clay Newcomb with six. <laughs> 
Question nine. The topic is wildlife. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Colton Saugestad. For sending this great question, Colton is going to get a $100 First Light gift card. If you want a chance to win our listener question of the week, you can send your question to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Born between March and May, the babies from this mammal are often referred to as red dogs. Just <laughs> Born between March and May, the babies from this mammal are often referred to as red dogs. Jess knew this one right away, but uh, the rest of the room, not as fast. Clay, how you feeling about this? Just guessing. Tony Peterson, how you feel about but, this? Uh, not good. Okay. Jess's certainty ah, helped me. Okay. She gave something away. Who, who else is in the game? We have Clay and Tony and who? Ben, how you feel about this one? I feel very confident in my complete guess. Okay. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying fox, Jeff saying bison, Ben oh. saying beavers, Tony saying otters. Mine's not. Sam without close. an answer, Lydia saying some mammal born naked, okay. Newcomb saying prairie dog, and Hayes saying squirrel. The correct answer is bison. Wow. Just wow. got awesome. it. Good job, Good work, Jess. Jess. Red dogs get their name from their orangish red color and size. The moniker no longer applies after a few months because that's when their hair starts to change to a dark brown and their characteristic shoulder hump and horns begin to grow. Just want to say I didn't give so much away, did I? Well, <laughs> I just thought Wyoming prairie dog. That's what I thought. That was so, my first I was wrong. Too. If we were playing poker, you would have won. We are on to our last question. Give us a scoreboard update, Phil. I don't think anything changed, did it? Uh, nothing changed, but Ben uh, has lost his opportunity to catch up. Let's so. do a two-point final question. <laughs> Money ball. It's between Money. Tony and Clay, who have uh, five and six points, respectively. Tony. The last question. The topic is fishing, and I don't think this either one this of you have This is the last it. question? This is the final question. So if he gets it wrong and I get it wrong, I still win. That's yep. right. That's how that works. I'm fighting for a tie now. <laughs> I don't think either one of you have an advantage here, though. Name. Two of the top five states with the most shark attacks. Again, I am looking for two of the top five states for the most shark attacks. And this is looking at data taken over the last decade. Two of the top five states. Newcomb, how you feeling? You know, fair. Tony? Uh... I'll, I'll echo that sentiment. I don't okay. I don't feel that great about this. I mean, right. I like these when it's like give yeah. give some of the top five. You yeah. can use some reasoning skills sometimes. Does everybody have an answer? Looking for two states. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Tom saying Florida and North Carolina. Jess saying California and Florida. Ben saying South Carolina and Florida. Tony saying Florida and South Carolina. Sam saying Hawaii and Florida. Lydia saying Hawaii and Florida, Newcomb saying California and Florida, and Hay saying California and Florida. The top five are Florida, Hawaii, South Carolina, North Carolina, and California. Everyone got yes. it right. I think wow. everybody got it. Wow. Well done. Sam and I were the best on that one, though, because we got the first two answers That's right. right. <laughs> Florida overwhelmingly leads the nation in shark attacks with 236 in the last decade. The next closest is Hawaii with 73, South Carolina with 43, North Carolina with 32, and California with 29. Sharks kill one person in America each year, 
which is half as many people who die because a vending machine falls on them. <laughs> I know which mm. one's more likely to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Newcomb is our winner. How many did you get? Mm. Seven? Seven I answers? So. Well done, Clay. Good job, well, Clay. Good performance you know. by everybody. I'm still contesting the mushroom-vegetable connection. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best answer. Now, what happens next is Clay, as the winner, gets to choose where the $500 donation goes. So what's it going to be? I'm going Hal for Wildlife. What do you like so much about that? Man, I think those guys have given a, it, it's not the full solution, but they've put a, a good solution to influencing legislation, anti-hunting legislation all over the country. They do a good job of rallying people to get emails into important people's inboxes, and we've seen that work, and it is one of the most, it's, you know, it's, I think it's such a complex answer for how to combat the anti-hunting legislation in this country, but How for Wildlife's taking a good swing at it. I like them. Jess, as somebody who traffics in that space, you, you agree you like Howell? Y- yes. <laughs> I, I say yes and, because this is what Howl does, where I actually do think that you have to do more than just the Howl. And um, as a lobbyist, I very rarely ever see petitions ever actually work um, if they're mm. not in com- like accompanied by uh, real-life stories from people that are on the ground. So a lot of legislators will get these big petitions in their inbox or they'll get 700 emails saying all the same thing. And that all goes into one folder, and then it goes into the trash can. But the email that they get that has a subject line that says, please vote no because, and you put the subject line, you say vote no on House Bill 43 or whatever it is, and then in in your piece you give a two or three sentence. Don't write a whole book, but a two or three sentence says, I'm a local, I'm your constituent, I care very deeply. That shit changes votes. So what do you do if you're not a part of the state and you can't write that email? I mean, that's where Howl is good. If you're not yeah. a part of the state, it's good that they see that there's a yeah. lot of eyes on them from outside. I was fighting a bill this last year that had 750 emails in each of their inboxes. It didn't change anything until 12 people physically showed up and talked. And we still lost it, but they weren't listening until people showed up in person. Mm-hmm. Hunters need to get your asses to the Capitol and be there in person. So Howell does a good job, but it's not the whole job. Yeah, it does a great job getting the information out there. Yeah, Fantastic job. That. Yeah. Now that's our end of the game of trivia, but I'm so stoked on like the first light story. I don't think I did a good enough job last episode of, of talking about how cool it is. So as our guest, throw some superlatives around about what you like about this place, how neat it is, why you'd swing in. If you were within like an hour here, I'd, I'd come up and see this place. I like the feel of it. Just as soon as you walk in, there's a wall tent set up. I mean, it's just just a cool building. Nice vibes. Yeah, I feel like the decorations definitely resonate with you a lot more, like, versus regular shops year-round. You're looking at things that you do and that you wear, and it's pretty sweet, in my opinion. Great colors, great setup. It's organized. It's awesome. I think just the advantage of having every piece here to be able to touch and feel and try on is is a big win. It's pretty. That's what this I was is a very say. cool store, especially for the women out there that mm-hmm. are looking to see how things fit. Like this is Absolutely. pretty cool. Yeah, is it is it literally every piece? Like it's every, everything that is sold by First Lights in here. First Light, FHF, and Phelps. That's awesome. I didn't think you'd be able to fit it all. You guys done it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's one thing to look at it all on a website, but then when you can actually walk around and feel the fabrics and stuff, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well done. Stoke that it'll be open by the time you hear this episode. And that's it for Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. Hey, you ever needed something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, or refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. You got to see your local store for details. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.